Welcome to the I Will Be Your Church Podcast Virtual Sanctuary. Be strengthened today with the truth of God's love so that you can say to your families, your friends, your co-workers, and your social media worlds, I will be your church. Your host for today's episode is Joanna Church. Today I'm going to continue talking about how we can grow up and mature spiritually in Jesus by the power of His Spirit working in us. And I'm going to start by shining a light on a religious idea that has caused people to stay stunted in their growth in their relationship with God, and that has actually turned off a lot of people to hearing the good news of Jesus and the kingdom of heaven. And that is the idea that we don't have value in and of ourselves, that we aren't worthy of the love of God, that God will never accept us if we aren't perfect in all of our ways. Now, it's true that God is perfect, and that because we are not God, we are not perfect. If we were perfect, we would be God, which obviously we are not. We miss the mark. We make bad choices, we make mistakes, we fail, we sin, we flat out choose to do the wrong things sometimes. And it's true that all of those things cause our relationship with ourselves, with others, and even our relationship with the Lord to suffer. We act in unworthy ways. But what does that mean exactly, to act in an unworthy way? Well, the word worth in the English language means the level at which someone or something deserves to be valued or rated. So when we are acting in an unworthy way, according to that perfect standard of God himself, it means that we are behaving in a way that is below the value that God has placed on our lives. It doesn't change the value that God has given us. That value never changes. And God wants us to live in the very heights of that value. When we act in an unworthy manner, God's value for us doesn't change, but rather we are saying to ourselves, to others, and to God that we don't agree with or want to live up to the value he has for us. We are saying that we are unworthy of the value He has placed on us. And this is where we need to grow up and see the value that the Creator of the universe has placed on us, on every one of us. Because until we accept that value of ourselves and of others, We're going to be so bogged down looking at every failure, every problem, every sin, every area where we struggle, and we won't be able to lift our heads high enough to see where our shepherd Jesus is leading us into maturity. I'm currently living in the city of Toronto, and every day that I go for my walks around the city, I see a homeless population that is honestly just devastating to behold. 
In zero degree weather, I have seen people walking down the street with no shoes, laying on the street with no clothes, out of their minds on drugs or because of mental illness. Some of them literally soiled, screaming obscenities to the people passing by. But did you know that when God looks at each of those people, even in the midst of the living in the the worst possible way a human can live, even though for many of them, bad personal choices may have actually led them there. And yet when God looks at them, he sees their value, their worth. And that value and worth is equal to the very prime minister of Canada himself. And that's hard for a lot of people to accept, but thank God that we don't set the standard of value. God does. And God says that Every human has value. Every human is worthy of life. They are no less valuable or worthy of his love and his relationship, even if they have made every bad choice that put them there on the street themselves. Now, you may ask, how do you know that that's true, Joanna? Well, I know it's true because of what Jesus himself said and what his disciples shared with the first Christians. Jesus said in that famous scripture from John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. If we were an afterthought, if God merely tolerates our existence, if his purpose was to have slaves or puppets or that only select few of really, really super religious people, if they were the only ones to have value, then Jesus wouldn't have used the words that he used to describe his purpose for coming. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his son so that when we believe in him, we could have eternal life. And what is eternal life? It is an eternal relationship with the creator God himself. Are you in this world? Then God loves you. And God considered you so valuable and so loved. He was willing to sacrifice himself for you. One of my favorite scriptures that really hits this point home is from Romans chapter 5, starting at verse 6. Now, this is the Apostle Paul writing to the Roman Christians, and this is what he says. For while we were still helpless, at the right time in history, the anointed Messiah died for the ungodly. Now, someone will hardly die for a righteous man. But maybe for a good man, someone would dare to die. Maybe somebody would would give up their lives in order to save the life of a righteous person. But God demonstrates how great his own love is towards us. In that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. So let's make this clear once and for all. Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one of God, the son of God, died for the ungodly, what the world calls the unworthy, the unrighteous, the helpless, 
the sinners. He didn't just die for the goody two-shoes, the perfect ones, the churchgoers, the ones who fast and pray night and day, the ones who never touch alcohol, never commit adultery or fornication or any sexual immorality. On the contrary, these scriptures show us that God actually gets to demonstrate his great love for us by sacrificing himself even when we were right in the middle of every one of our sins and unworthy behaviors. He looked at us in the middle of every bad choice, wrong decision, evil action, evil thoughts, evil words we've spoken, and he was able to see that under the dirty layers that we have placed upon ourselves and on others, he was able to see that we were valuable that we were worthy of his sacrifice. His love towards us and the value he places on us is the very root of our worthiness as humans. So why am I saying that we need to understand this in order to grow up spiritually? Because if you never come to the knowledge of God's full love for you, if you never accept the value he has placed on your life and the life of every person you meet, then you will never be able to accept that he is willing to have relationship and keep relationship with you even at your worst moments. He's not going to abandon you in the middle of your worst moments. He's not going to hide his face from you in the middle of your sins. You will never be able to accept that he will guide you through your failures and sins. You will always walk under a cloud of condemnation that you put on yourself because you know that you aren't perfect, which of course none of us but Jesus ever was. But also, if you don't see your value and worth, You will never be able to accept the value that God has placed on the people he has called you to help. If you can't learn to see past the dirtiness of other people's sins and failures and see their God-given value and worthiness, how will you ever fulfill the great commission that Jesus himself gave us to go into the world and preach the good news of the kingdom of God? The good news that says, you are worthy. You are so valuable to God that he was willing to sacrifice himself for you to ensure that you would understand the value he places on having you be in fellowship with him. As first Peter chapter one says, he liberated you from your own devaluing your own unworthiness with the very precious blood of Jesus. So the next step in growing up spiritually is to accept this value and worth that God has placed on you and on every human you encounter. As you begin to accept this, then you will be able to see how to line up your behaviors and actions and thoughts and words with the value and worth that God has placed on you. Like I talked about in our previous message, when you love yourself and love God, then you can build a relationship with him where you won't want to do things that dishonor or hurt or break the trust of that sacred relationship 
when you do mess up, you are going to run to him and ask him to cleanse you from it and and just reestablish your connection with him because you will begin to see that you need to live up to that supreme value, that precious value that God himself has placed on your life. And once you see that God found you so worth his love and so valuable to him that he shed his own blood for you, you will be able to say even on your worst day of failure that he doesn't condemn you. He doesn't shame you. He doesn't see you as less worthy of his love. And that trust you will have in his love and value will allow you to pick yourself up, come out of that failure, give you the okay to ask the Holy Spirit to help you overcome whatever that weak place in your life is and keep moving forward and growing in your relationship with the Lord. Still not convinced? Maybe you've heard too many religious people tell you how your behavior is what matters most to God, or that your sin is worse than every other sin in the world, or you have been quoted the scripture from the Old Testament that says that your righteousness is as filthy rags. Well, let me share a couple more scriptures to help you better understand those religious ideas. When people asked Jesus what religious works they needed to perform in order to please God, He answered them in John 6 with these words. Jesus told them, This is the only work God wants from you. Believe in me, the one he has sent. That's it. (laughs) So believe Jesus when he says that the first step to your relationship with God growing isn't being free of bad behavior. No, it is believing in Jesus. It is believing that God is who God says he is. It is believing that he loved you so much he gave himself for you. And for those who want to say that you are unrighteous, even after you've done that, believed on him, let's see what Paul said to the Romans again in chapter 5. Therefore, since we are declared righteous. Did you hear that? You have been declared righteous. Therefore, since we are declared righteous and we have been given a right standing with God through our faith in him, let us grasp the fact that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. Through him also, We have access by faith into God's grace, which is God's favor towards us, in which we can firmly and safely stand. We have God's favor. So let us rejoice and exalt in our hope of experiencing the very glory of God. Moreover, Let us be thankful when we face troubles, challenges, failures, sins, sufferings, any sort of testing, knowing that those pressures, those afflictions, those hardships, those failures, those challenges that we face, they produce patience, which is a fruit of the Spirit, and unswerving endurance in our lives. And that endurance, Paul says, develops maturity of character and integrity. And character of this sort produces joyful and confident hope of eternal salvation. Such hope never disappoints or deludes or shames us, 
for God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That's what the Apostle Paul says, that when we face trials, when we face our own failures and sins, and we look to the Lord and we overcome them and and we keep moving forward knowing that God has called us valuable, that He has called us worthy, that He has given us His very righteousness and value, and we keep moving forward through those things, man, we are developing maturity of character and integrity and hope, and we won't be in shame. That sounds like growth, spiritual growth to me. That's awesome. God himself has given you, wherever you are listening right now, if you have believed in Jesus, God himself has given you the very righteousness of Jesus. And he offered that righteousness to us even before we had a relationship with him. He will not put you to shame. He will not belittle you. He will not lose his value for you. And you will never stop being worthy of the price he paid for you because he paid it for you when you were at your worst. Are you still not convinced? Well, let me end with the great prayer of Jesus from John chapter 17. Here's what Jesus himself prayed for you, for me, and for any person who has believed in him and come into relationship with him. Here's what he prays. I am praying not only for these disciples who are with me here, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us, so that the world will believe that you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me, one. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Wow, that's the prayer of Jesus for you and for me today. So let's apply Jesus's prayer to ourselves today. Because we know that if Jesus prayed and asked the Heavenly Father for something, he got it. (laughs) So based on this prayer, I believe in him. Therefore, he is making me one with him, just as he is one with the Father. And I live and have my life in him so that the world will believe that Jesus was sent from God when they see him in me. Jesus has given me the glory that the Father gave to Jesus so that I could be one with him. Jesus himself is in me and I will experience that perfect unity, knowing that God loves me as much as he loves Jesus. Wow. God loves me as much as he loved Jesus. Now, I, Joanna, didn't say that. Jesus said that. I'm just repeating his words. I'm believing his words. Jesus has given me and you 
the glory that God gave to him. Again, I, Joanna, didn't say that. I didn't make that up. Jesus said that. And I am, I'm just sharing with you his words and I'm going to believe those words. Now, don't get all religious on me when it comes to that word glory. We will talk about what it means to grow up and go from glory to glory down the road a little bit, but let's look at what the word glory means in the Greek to understand what Jesus was saying. So the word in the original text is doxa, which means the following. It means exercising personal opinion, which determines value. So glory is God's opinion which then determines value. It also corresponds to the Old Testament word for glory, which is kabo, which is to be weighty, to be heavy, to have weight to to it. Both terms convey God's infinite, intrinsic worth. So there you have it. In Jesus' own words, in his very own prayer, before being crucified, He not only affirmed the love that God has for us, which is equal to the love that he has for Jesus, his own flesh, his son, but here Jesus also says that when we come to him, our belief in him and our relationship with him actually allows him to give us the same glory, the same value, the same inherent intrinsic worth that God gave to Jesus. Praise the Lord. And again, I say, praise the Lord. I don't know what names you have been called. I don't know what sins you've committed, what terrible secrets you may hold. But today, if you believe in him and are seeking to grow in your relationship with him, with God himself, El Elyon, the most high God, creator of heaven and earth, king of kings and Lord of lords, he says that you have the same value and worth as the son of God himself. So do not hang your head. Do not wallow in your sins and failures. Do not listen to the voices of your past that have called you worthless, hopeless, unworthy, valueless, a waste. You are none of those things. Jesus has spoken over you glory, value, worth. So see yourselves that way. And then look around you and begin to see every person you encounter with the eyes of God, with love and value and worth and hope. Now go be the church in your world. If you feel blessed by the I Will Be Your Church podcast, please subscribe so you never miss a day. And then share it with your friends. Check out our website, IWillBeYourChurch.com to learn more about us, check out Ben's blog, connect with us on social media, and become part of this church family movement.